In a world where everyone can be so judgmental, this podcast takes the time to analyze daily dilemmas and controversies and provide unbiased information and research to help you make sense of life's complicated issues. Dr. Nikki is a clinical neuropsychologist who integrates her knowledge of psychology, neuropsychology, and culture to process current events and cases in an empathic manner from various perspectives. If you are ready to become more open-minded, come be the critic on our couch. Hello, uh, welcome to the Critics Couch. My name is Dr. Nikki and I will be your host. First of all, I got to tell you how excited I am to to finally be doing this. It's been a long time in the making. Well, maybe not in the making, more in the thinking <laughs> process of it. Uh, but it's nice to see it finally come into fruition. Well, with so many podcasts out there, uh, why listen to this one? Good question. I guess I should answer that by explaining a little bit more as to why this actually came about and, and why I decided to do this. I can honestly say that if I really had to think about it, the decision to do this probably, or the desire, not the decision, the desire to do something probably started approximately four years ago. Uh, this was when Trump was in office and we were going through uh, our election process. And um, my husband and I were in Australia and we were actually climbing the Sydney Harbor Bridge. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if you you know, think of Australia, most of you probably have the image of the Sydney Opera House. And behind the Sydney Opera House, you can see this huge bridge. It's, it's beautiful. And um, my husband and I, obviously touristing over there, decided to climb the bridge. And when I mean climb, I do not mean walking across. No, I mean, you actually get put in a harness, you get strapped on and you walk on the bridge. It is uh, an amazing view and definitely something you may want to consider in your bucket list because it's it's quite impressive to be up there on, on literally on top of the world or on top of this bridge. And obviously, of course, in order to do this, you have to go through a training. It's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours tops. I don't even think that. And you're 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 trained in groups. And um, it was myself and my husband. There was a couple there from Mexico, uh, another Australian couple who were celebrating the anniversary, and there was another couple there from Europe. I don't remember exactly where in Europe, but everybody started talking about where they were from. And when it got to my husband and I, you know, we said we're from the United States, and to my surprise. We had all the couples turn back and say, oh, wow, well, we're so sorry for everything you guys are going through over there in the U.S. It's pretty horrible over there and had some pretty, I don't want to say negative things, but they, they made some comments that made me feel kind of uncomfortable. You know, in my mind, I was kind of thinking, well, who are you guys to make these comments? You're, you're not from there. I am a proud American. I was born in New York and raised in Miami, Florida, and oh, my parents are of Hispan or are Hispanic, and I'm of Hispanic descent. I consider myself an American because I am. So for me, I kind of take the viewpoint that if you're not from here, you really should not be making comment about what's going on here. I got defensive. <laughs> um, but that's kind of almost my belief, I would say, 
in general, um, I think it's easy a lot of time for us to make opinions about other countries and other cultures. But unless you're really part of that country or that culture or have, you know, thoroughly studied it, you really can't fully understand it. So that's kind of one of the first incidents that occurred that kind of unsettled me a little. And actually, you know, when you get unsettled, it's not really a bad thing. Most of us think of being unsettled as a bad thing, but sometimes it's an impetus for change. I would say shortly after that, maybe a year after that, of course, as we all know, while the elections were going on and even afterwards, I saw a lot of comments being made on my social media. Um, I have friends from all over. And when I tell you a little bit about my background, you may understand why that is. But I have friends that are Democrats and friends that are Republicans. Um, have people from all ages, from their 20s to 60s and even 70s. People from all socioeconomic status and uh, occupational backgrounds. So I saw a lot of comments being made, friends of mine being made that were so vocal. And I actually, I was very surprised. I was surprised at some of the negative comments that one group of friends of mine were making towards other group of friends of mine. You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if you guys got to meet each other, you would probably like each other. But it did bother me because I don't remember people ever being so vocal about their opinions. You know, I guess we all become a little bit more brave on social media. I know I had an experience one time here in South Florida. I'm sure many of you may have heard of the school shooting that took place at Stoneman Douglas, which was in Parkland, Florida. And I was very moved, uh, very touched by the whole incident, having children myself. I can't imagine sending my child off to school and something like that occurring. And probably for the first time ever, I voiced an opinion about something that was not obviously related to my direct life, meaning I wasn't just posting pictures about my kids, which is usually what I do, or an event that I participating in. This was something about a current event that was happening. And to my surprise, I had not a lot, but I did have several people that decided to kind of voice their opinion against what I had to say. And I am all for people sharing their difference of opinion. What I have a problem with is people trying to tell me what my opinion should be. You know, if I'm saying I feel this certain way about gun control or safety in the schools, that is my opinion. That's how I feel and I have a right to it. That has, I think, definitely uh, become a huge conflict in the last several years with, with COVID in particularly with people's opinion on vaccinations. And it's, I've noticed a huge fighting war, if you will. And that difference a lot of time has left me a bit uncomfortable because again, I almost feel that people have this feeling against other individuals who don't share the same opinion. So th that has kind of also unsettled me. And then last year, my family and I, uh, we took a short trip to West Florida. It was really to celebrate a, a girlfriend of mine's birthday. And surprisingly enough, when we went to a particular area on the beach that also caters to doing barbecuing, we ran into a Trump Valley. And to my surprise, there were a lot of people chanting, you know, F 
Biden and had signs that said that. Now, I was with my children and my youngest being a nine-year-old was really taken back and was saying, why are people saying such mean things about our president? And I was once again faced with that feeling that I had back in Australia where I felt really uncomfortable and bothered. But dare I say, when it occurred originally in Australia, it was in another country. The fact that it was occurring here in my country really, really irked me. Again, back in the day, there was a negative opinion that was going on and Trump was in office and this time Biden was in office. And so in either case, I want to be clear, it bothered me because again, as American, I remember, but he has to say as an American, I remember as a child, always thinking in terms of unity and we stand as one. I even remember thinking back to 9-11, all the flags that people were flying around and everybody talking about being American. And so it was really unsettling um, to see this going on in my own country. I think the last thing that really propelled me to starting this today, I had a conversation recently with a good girlfriend of mine who I've known for about 35 years. And her and I do have some differences of opinions, but you know we can both sit down, talk about it, and, and move on without arguing, without <laughs> insulting each other. And so um, I always appreciate the fact that we can have those differences of opinion and still maintain our friendship. But the last thing that we talked about was immigration. And she made a comment about the fact that she had an issue with uh, the illegal immigrants coming into our country. Um, I'm not saying I'm for illegal immigration, I'm not saying that, but I wanted to have a conversation to better understand what she thought was the immigration process in this country, which I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% clear either because my parents didn't migrate to this country um, until the 60s. So I'm not familiar exactly what the immigration process is right now. I know that I went online and just looked at the application, the U.S. application. And in order for a family to get a green card for this country to apply for one, they have to pay $1,760. Now, $1,760, you know, it, it's a good chunk of change here, but for families living and working in countries in Latin America, such as Honduras, Nicaragua, El Salvador, it's a substantial amount of money. And even if you get your whole family in, keep in mind there's a whole, whole other process for citizenship and you have to pay for each person $650. One of the things that I learned, again, something that was published by Abby Duck Budman, is that most immigrants from Mexico and Latin American countries are from Mexico and other Latin American countries, but 40 million people living in the U.S. are immigrants. So, you know, we know this, right? In terms of history, the United States is made up of immigrants, right? The only true Native Americans are the Native Americans. <laughs> That's why they're called Native Americans. So it's important to kind of understand that this is a country of immigrants. But my friend was actually very surprised. She had no idea that people had to pay um, to apply to this country and that if they were denied, they would not get that money back. Now that's one, 
one huge aspect of why you have many individuals coming in from Latin America into this country because they're looking for a better life. Now, granted, I know the argument is uh, some people that are coming in may have a criminal past. Well, yeah, of course, we're not to deny that there isn't and there has to be some kind of process. But it is important to understand um, that is not the majority. For me, I can honestly tell you the the goal of this podcast is really a desire to do something to really improve uh, the communication and the understanding that many of us may or may not have in certain issues that are going on in this country and the psychological impact that all of this can negatively have on, on us. Um, it's important really to start learning how to be more open-minded and you know, I named this the critic couch because everybody wants to be a critic, but nobody really wants to take the time to, to listen to these issues, do the research and process. I know that, um, certain people are getting into a lot of trouble for voicing their opinion without really looking at the foundation of it. And I'm hoping at least in this podcast, I am going to make a promise that if I'm going to be voicing an opinion about something, I'm also going to try to do my due diligence and look into the research, I would at least definitely tell you based on my training in psychology and neuropsychology and even in culture that I'm able to do that at least in an empathic manner. So at least that gives you an idea, you guys, of why I am doing this. Um, now, who am I and why Why am I the person to do this? Eh, I don't know if I'm the only person that can do this, but I can tell you a little bit about myself. I was born in um, Washington Heights, New York. Uh, most of you are now probably familiar with Washington Heights because of that wonderful musical that Lee, uh, Lin-Manuel has, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda made. He's the very well-known actor, songwriter, playwriter, and producer that we all know of uh, most most people know him from Hamilton. Obviously, he's gone on to be a part of and produce other movies such as Moana and most recently Encanto, which, by the way, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that one of the songs um, we don't talk about Bruno is kind of the number one downloaded Disney song, I think, ever. And by the way, Lin-Manuel's Miranda's mother, I read, is a psychologist. <laughs> Um, but yes, I was born in Washington Heights, which is in the upper side of New York City. Currently, 65% of the population there is Hispanic. And I read that the medium household is $55,000. Now, in the early 1900s, it was really inhabited by Irish and Eastern European immigrants. That changed between the 1960s and the 1970s, where the white residents moved out. And this is really where Hispanics moved in, predominantly those from the Dominican Republic, which is where my family's from. My parents actually came to this country in the 1960s. My mother is from the Dominican Republic, Santiago. And she came to this country pretty much she was a seamstress where she was at, limited level of education, and came here and had to work in a factory as a sewing machine operator. My father, also from the Dominican Republic, uh, was a police officer in his country. And when he came here, he had to start working as a cook. So both of them came to this country with not knowing any English and um, limited schooling and obviously could not pursue uh, the occupation they had in their country here. 
yet they took several years, saved their money, and um, being first-generation immigrants, they, to my, I can say, surprise, not them, but now, saved enough money to own a business, a bodega. If you don't know what a bodega is, I would say it's a mini supermarket, right? And um, a home. They purchased a bodega in Corona, Queens, where back in the day, uh, I would say a lot of the residents there, were, it was pretty mixed in terms of Hispanics, but I remember a lot of Colombians at that time. And we had a home in Richmond Hill, Queens. And at that time, it was mostly Puerto Ricans in terms of the Hispanic populations. But there was whites, there was African-Americans, there were Asians, uh, Caribbean. It was truly, truly eclectic. And I was always very appreciative of that. Um, not so much when I was younger because I didn't know the difference, but now being older, I was very blessed that I was raised in an environment where there were people from so many different cultural backgrounds. To me, that was the norm. When I moved to Miami, Florida, I was 15 years old and uh, we had to move here really due to some um, extraneous circumstances. My parents ended up selling the business, but unfortunately it fell through. We came here initially not really knowing what we were getting ourselves into. And after being self-employed and owning their own home, they ended up moving here to South Florida and having to work once again, um, obviously this time for someone else. And I can say we ended up having our socioeconomic status went from being middle class to, dare I say, lower middle class here in Miami, Florida. We actually moved to the outskirts area of um, Carroll City. And if you're not familiar with Carroll City, it's uh, the place where Rick Ross and um, Flo Rider are from. <laughs> That's how most people know Carroll City. Um, it, it Again, it was a new environment for me because even though it was an urban area, the Hispanic population changed as well. Whereas in New York, I was mostly exposed to Puerto Ricans and some Colombians. I came here and they were mostly Cubans. So that was a drastic change for me. Uh, there was a lot also going on in South Florida. I went from an environment in New York with various different cultures. And I don't want to say everybody got along perfectly, but yeah. And at least in the area I was in, it was uh, pretty harmonious. And when I got here in the South, right, the good old South, there was a lot of racial tension going on, which was new for me. Uh, meaning between African-Americans and and um, whites and even Hispanics. And that was rather that was rather new for me. And I really did not quite understand it. I remember thinking, you know, this is different. I, why, why is this even happening? I also remember seeing my parents again, kind of struggling and working really hard and thinking to myself, I don't want to work this hard. Uh, my parents would leave the home real early in the morning and not come home till late and really weren't able to participate in me and my siblings' life as much. So this is really where I decided to propel myself in my education. And um, I obtained my bachelor's degree. I went on to pursue my, my master's degree in mental health counseling and then my doctoral degree in clinical psychology, specializing in neuropsychology. And during my training, there was a lot of emphasis on culture, really looking at various um, issues 
and even disorders from cultural backgrounds. And when we think of culture, people automatically think of ethnicity, but culture is really a shared group of beliefs and ideas. So age is a culture. Uh, socioeconomic status is a culture. Religion is a culture. So it's important to take that into consideration when you are looking at you know, um, all the different events that are going on in our lives. So for me, I had to ask myself recently, well, what can I do now with everything that's happening, um, all the tensions that are occurring, all the different issues that people are so heated about, what can I do? I don't want to sit and lecture, but um, I do feel that this would be an opportunity for me to share some of my experience and some of my knowledge uh, with all the different things that are occurring based on, yes, my training, but also my exposure. As I said, I, I'm pretty blessed that I have been, have had the privilege of working and being surrounded by people from all different walks of life, all different nationalities, socioeconomic status, education, and even political views. So I hope that you will enjoy uh, this journey with me. I hope you will be with me. And um, I would even appreciate if you will be able to communicate with me and give me some of your ideas. I'll be setting up an Instagram page for The Critic's Couch uh, with Dr. Nikki. And um, hopefully you will be able to give me some of your ideas and some of those heated topics and dilemmas that you will like process. I am here to hopefully give you my, um, not only opinion, but actually researched background in terms of whatever dilemma you are having. So thank you for even listening to me out today. And um, again, welcome to the Critics Couch. I hope you will enjoy this journey with me.